Hollow Mountain Publishing presents The Pawn, book one of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 25. Forced. You look like your mother. Katie looked up from her homework. The older gentleman standing in front of her looked out of place in the high school library. Cocking her head to get a better look at him, she saw he was tall and thin. His hair was pulled back in a long gray ponytail. His eyes were a striking gray color. She had only seen that color eyes on one other person her friend Lizzie. Suspicious, she watched the man sit down across from her. Neither one spoke as they eyed each other warily. Katie waited patiently for the man to speak. The man looked around the room and leaned towards her. You're not much of a talker, are you? Katie shrugged. My name's Forrest, the old man said unnecessarily. Katie nodded. You seem to have made yourself at home in my cabin. Not knowing how to respond, Katie shrugged. Can you tell me what you kids were doing there? Katie sat in silence. Her features showed no emotion. Could you at least tell me what happened? Katie didn't move, afraid to give anything away. If I didn't know any better, I'd say you were... Forced paused, shaking his head. Katie felt a tug on her mind. Someone was desperately trying to speak with her. She ignored it, concentrating on the man in front of her. The old man stared at her for a couple of minutes not saying anything. My mistake. Shaking his head, he rose from the seat. Katie watched Forrest start to walk away when several ideas occurred to her at once. She was afraid he would disappear. Seekers, she whispered. The man stopped dead and turned back to face her. Now she had committed herself, she was having a hard time following through. Two seekers killed Sam. She forced the whisper through dry lips. Again, she felt the tug on her mind. She looked up. I can't hear you. Since Sam, I shut my mind off. I'm not sure I know how to turn it back on. Forrest sat back down, studying her intently. Are you alone or of others? There are four others, Katie said softly. Sam would have been five. Five, Forrest shook his head. I have never heard of that many at one time. Katie eyed him closely. Maybe you and I are not really talking about the same thing. So you tell me what you're talking about, and I'll tell you if you're right. Again, Katie felt a familiar tug on her mind. I told you I cannot hear you. Quit trying to speak through my mind. Forrest looked around, making sure they were not overheard. What form of animal do you change into? He asked quietly. Katie's heart jumped. I turn into a great big white wolf. Clearly startled, Forrest sat back in his chair. A wolf, the bell rang, indicating she needed to leave and go to class. I have been hoping to meet someone with answers. Katie stood up and started quickly packing her books. We need to talk. Maybe after school? She looked up in time to see a guarded expression on the old man's features. What? I'm not sure I have any answers, his voice trailed off. Anger immediately raised, causing heat to course through her body. You don't think you have any answers? You don't even know what questions I'm going to ask. 
If you haven't noticed, pal, we've been trying to figure out what the hell is going on for months. Throwing her book bag over her shoulder, she ran to the table. My best friend died. Her throat was ripped out. She stepped closer, her voice rising with suppressed emotion. I held her as she bled out. I tried to stop the bleeding, but there was absolutely nothing I could do. She realized she had been holding her emotions in for too long. It was hard to stay in control. Why? She held out her hands. Why? Because we didn't understand what we were up against. She jabbed him in the chest and took satisfaction when he took a step back. We've been forest gumping our way through for months. Stepping closer, she allowed her eyes to change for a split second before returning human. Now I know you have answers. I'm going to hunt you down. Forrest took a couple of steps back. I believe I'll be able to answer a few of your questions. Thank you. Where do you want to meet? The man paused for a moment. How about the old trading post? The what? Katie had lived in the area her whole life and have never known anything called the trading post. You know, they tore it down and called it Paul's Diner for a while. The only diner I know close to here is called Mountain Meadow Diner. Yeah, that's the place. Fine, I'll meet you there after school. Katie stepped closer. 3.30 p.m., I expect you there. Turning around, she stopped dead in her tracks. David was standing in the doorway. His shocked expression and white complexion showed he had been standing there for a while. Not knowing how to respond, she pushed past him and headed for class. For the first time in weeks, Katie had a spring in her step as she walked through the halls. She couldn't wait to find Lizzie and Tyler. Walking into class, she tried to catch Lizzie's eye, but was unable to do so. She walked up to her. You are not going to believe who I talked to this morning. Lizzie seemed to be looking everywhere else but her. Katie paused a moment, studying her friend. You're not going to believe who I talked to this morning. Oh! Are you talking to me? I wasn't sure since you decided you no longer wanted to be my friend. What? Surprised Katie just gaped at her friend. What are you talking about? She felt a tug on her mind. Looking around, she saw Tyler watching her closely. Turning back around, she saw Lizzie smile, a triumphant smile. Not really understanding what was going on, she decided to ignore the drama and get to the point. Look, if you're trying to talk to me with your mind, she said in a hushed whisper, I can't hear you. I somehow turned it off and I don't know how to turn it back on. She felt Tyler's presence behind her as he listened intently to what she was saying. Another tug on her mind distracted her. I realize you're saying something, but I can't hear. Jeez, how many times did she have to repeat herself? Look, I don't have time for, she waved her arm whatever game you're playing. So if you don't want to know I talked to Forrest, I'll just sit down. What? Lizzie's face froze. All pretense dropped. When? Where? He came into the library before school, Katie tried to explain. Katherine Johnson, leave my class. Katie looked up and saw Miss Smith. I'm sorry, I'll just... You will leave my class and go to the principal's office now. Katie glanced around the classroom. Everyone was closely watching her. Giving Tyler and Lizzie a significant look, she shrugged her shoulders and walked out. Sitting in the principal's office, 
She waited patiently for Davis to appear. Miss Johnson, I was hoping to have a word with you. Katie sat back in her chair. She remembered through previous experiences how she trembled with anxiety. Now she could care less what this man said or did. Miss Johnson, I've been talking to your teachers. They are concerned your grades have been continuously slipping since. He paused, searching for the right word. The incident with Samantha Black. Katie raised her eyebrows. She thought she was doing pretty good under the circumstances. Homework was actually a relief. It kept her mind off other things. Now, I hear you're disruptive in class, Davis continued. Disruptive? Katie couldn't help repeating. Where did that come from? Apparently, you had an incident with a long-standing member of the board this morning, Davis reminded her. Just now, you refused to sit in your chair. Refused to sit? Katie repeated stupidly. I know you've been having a rough time. We do have a counselor willing to sit and listen to you. They can help you sort things out. Katie almost laughed out loud. Oh, yeah, like that's really going to work with me, she thought derisively. Believe it or not, Katie, I have your best interest at heart. She choked, coughed, and sputtered, looking around for relief. Not seeing anything to help her, she finally got herself under control. Shaking her head, she stared at the principal in disbelief. I take it you don't believe me? No, I don't. Miss Johnson, I have 400 students in my care. Most of those students go through high school with very little help from me. Others, I have to punish to keep them in line. I only have to do it a couple of times until they straighten up. Then there are the few who seem to think I'm out to get them. The teachers are just horribly mean only to them. They expect special treatment. If they don't get it, they have a chip on their shoulders. It's always everyone else's fault. Anger rushed through her system to a boiling point. Katie took a couple of breaths to try and calm down. Her chest heaved. You're worried about my grades, she said softly, her voice barely under control. You weren't worried when you gave me six days of zeros last semester. Gaining momentum, her voice became stronger. You forced me to take Miss Smith's class. Digging into her bag, she pulled out her English folder. She grabbed one of her graded papers and she stood up. Do you see my grade? She held it up, replicating the English's teacher's voice. Catherine, I have your homework. She held up the paper as if she were in front of the class, making sure everyone could see. Every week, Miss Smith tries to humiliate me in front of the class. Do you see any other markings on this paper besides the D minus? She threw the folder onto the desk. Look for yourself. Why don't you grade my homework and see if I really deserve the grades I received? She started pacing the office, her voice rising a little higher. For the record, I did not refuse to sit down. The bell had just rung and I was not seated. She paused in front of the desk. I tried to apologize and sit. Was she willing to let me sit? She shook her head. No way! Stopping in her tirade, her chest heaving, she expected Davis to defend the teacher. Instead, he was watching her closely. Reaching over, he gathered her English papers into a pile, opened his drawer, and placed them out of sight. She wanted to say a lot more, but all the energy drained out of her body. She sat down, her shoulders slumped. I'm doing the best that I can, Mr. Davis, she shrugged. 
I don't know what else to say. Davis sat there for a couple of minutes, not saying a word. Finally, he got up from his desk. Katie, I want you to go to the library for the rest of this hour, and then continue with your schedule for the rest of the day. Relieved, Katie got up and left before he could change his mind. Katie pulled into the parking lot of the old diner. Parking her car, she got out and looked around for Forrest. Walking into the restaurant, she made sure he wasn't there before walking back out, leaning up against her car. She looked at her watch. 3.30 p.m. She was on time. Where was he? Watching every car that went by, she wasn't surprised when she saw David's Jeep pull into the drive. She watched the occupant as he sat down behind the wheel. Finally, opening the door, he got out and slammed it shut. Walking towards her, he leaned up against her car. Beautiful day, isn't it? Katie shook her head. Once again, he surprised her. She never knew what he was going to say. Yeah, it's really starting to get warm. David squinted in the sunlight. If it keeps up, all the snow will be melted in a couple of days. Katie nodded, glancing at her watch. A cold suspicion entered her thoughts. 3.40 p.m. Still no forest. You're afraid he won't show? Only able to nod, Katie narrowed her eyes. Who is he? Surprise flitted across her face before she masked her emotions. His name is Forrest. I don't know if it's his first or last name. How is he connected? He owns the cabin. You know, the cabin in the woods? David nodded. This morning it sounded as if... His voice trailed off. He shook his head and tried again. It sounded as if what happened to Sam was not a random animal attack. The knot in Katie's chest that had been dormant rose up into her throat, choking her, trying to fight the grief and guilt she struggled inwardly. Pushing off the car, her only thought was to flee. When a car pulled up beside her, turning, she saw Lizzie and Tyler jump out. Lizzie came running around the car. Is he here? Did you see him? Her throat still tight. She could only shake her head. Why isn't he here? Another car pulled into the parking lot. Candace jumped out and came running over. I got here as quickly as I could. Where is he? Katie only shook her head. He didn't show up? Lizzie rounded on Katie. Why did you let him get away? What? Katie croaked, still fighting to calm her emotions. You did this on purpose, so I wouldn't find out who my real father is. Katie glared at Lizzie, her voice deadly quiet. This may surprise you, Lizzie but the world doesn't revolve around you and your little daddy quest. Lizzie fell back as if she was slapped. Sam's dead. Or don't you remember that small detail? I remember. I didn't lose just one best friend that night. I lost two. I'm still here, Lizzie. I haven't left. You haven't been here. Where were you during Sam's funeral? No one saw you there except for that ridiculous display at the gravesite where you zoomed away, tires squealing. Lizzie stepped closer, her voice louder. Do you know how many comments the Black family made about you? She pointed her finger into Katie's chest. They were all so worried about poor little Katie. While you didn't even give the courtesy of a single condolence, it's my fault she's dead, Katie screamed back. All the guilt she was experiencing rang out in every syllable. Sam's dead because of me! Heat enveloped her. She knew she was on the verge of losing complete control. You don't hate me as much as I hate myself! Turning blindly, 
She reached for the car door handle. Jumping in, she started the vehicle. She pulled out so fast, she saw all her friends jump out of the way. Pulling out of the parking lot, she fishtailed through the stop sign. Not wanting to go home, she raced down the highway. Going through the canyon, she tried to concentrate on the road instead of her thoughts. Pushing the gas pedal, she desperately tried chasing away emotions as they consumed her. Reaching other vehicles on the road, she went around them as if they were stopped. Still, she raced through the narrow road, going faster and faster. Turning one of the hairpin corners, she saw snow completely blocking the road. The warm weather had caused the snow to melt, creating a small avalanche. Slamming on her brakes, she hit the slushy snow going way too fast. The car went airborne. The wheels caught the railing in its first roll. Katie lost count how many times the car turned over, and each turn jarring her body. Her car resting at the bottom of the ravine, she raised her throbbing head. Automatically reaching for the handle, she tried to open the door of the crushed car. Looking around, all the windows were gone. The roof smashed down level with the doors. The only way out was through the back. She fumbled, trying to unbuckle her seatbelt. Crawling slowly through the small space, she pushed herself out, landing with a thump on the ground. Dumbly, she patted her pockets, looking for her cell phone. It wasn't there. Night was falling. No one knew where she was. Lying in the slushy snow, she knew it would refreeze during the night. She was in trouble. She tried to reach inside herself for the familiar heat to keep her warm. Nothing happened. The effort made her lightheaded. Trying to reach out with her mind, she echoed the words she used when Sam died. Candace, call 911. We need help. Hurry. Then darkness enveloped her. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are tired of waiting a week before the next chapter is revealed, you can always go online to AppalachianStorms.com and download the audiobook. The cost is around $10. The audiobook is also listed on Amazon's Audible. But once again, if you are enjoying this podcast, please tell your friends and family about it. And as always, until our imaginations meet again, have a great day.